Under the Controlled Substances Act and Corollary State Law, the growth, trafficking, sale, possession, or consumption of psychedelics may be a felony punishable by imprisonment, fines, forfeiture of property, or some combination thereof. Psychedelical X is for general information only. Information provided on the show does not constitute legal advice, nor does your listening to the show create an attorney-client relationship with the host. Hello, I'm Gary Smith, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Psychedelic Alex, The Law of Psychedelics, my ongoing exploration of the question of psychedelics. On today's episode, I had an opportunity to interview Becca Williams. Becca is an emotions therapist and educator who specializes in cannabis-assisted emotional trauma and recovery. Her practice integrates a combination of traditional and ancient, along with modern modalities, and she uses expressive movement and breathwork techniques in addition to, and this is uh, part of Becca's angle, uh, judicious use of cannabis. In this new world where cannabis is now legal in most states, Becca is able to provide that additional, uh, shall we say, component of her services. Um, however, to be clear, uh, Becca doesn't supply these materials to her patients, rather they uh, supply it themselves and Becca in turn provides the counseling that goes with it. Um, and as you'll hear during our interview, uh, Becca now has clients who indulge in low doses of psilocybin, also something Becca doesn't supply the clients, they do that on their own. But Becca's been doing this for a number of years and she comes from a world of advocacy. And what I found most intriguing is that in, in this world of COVID, Becca's actually been able to thrive with her counseling services. Part of the benefit of Becca's services includes that she allows her clients to keep their anonymity so they can engage, for example, in online group sessions while maintaining a, a facade of not their face on screen or their name on screen so that they can openly and actively participate in individual or group sessions but without necessarily having to reveal who they are, which puts them, of course, in their comfort uh, and enables them to engage in those sessions more meaningfully. Anyway, I thought it was an absolutely fascinating interview and, and one of the big takeaways that I, I really appreciated was that Becca's living proof that there are not only good benefits to be had from mild and even less mild psychoactives, but there are careers that people can engage in helping others and applying these skills and services in a responsible and regulated way. So I hope you enjoy the interview with Becca. I certainly did. And I, I hope to be able to engage her in further conversation down the road because she's just fascinating to talk to. Anyway, I hope you enjoy. Take care. So let's talk about uh, your, your practice. You you do cannabis-assisted uh, emotional therapy. Is that basically the essence of it? Have I have I articulated it well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gary, Gary, I'd love to just take a step back, first yeah. of all. And I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for doing what you're doing and uh, covering the entire legal and, uh, and societal landscape of psychedelics and, and cannabis. And we know that cannabis can be psychedelic, but uh, hey, you know, you're doing amazing work in educating us all about 
what, what is a big gaping abyss in, in the legal ins and outs of all these important substances. So thank you very oh, much a- for that. Absolutely yeah. my pleasure. And you've actually discovered the secret of the show. Um, this I am using as my college. I am grabbing people from all over the world who know stuff I don't like you uh, and talking to them and learning what you do. And that is expanding my knowledge and I'm happy to share it with the audience. So that's the ongoing exploration that I engage in the show. We look under every possible rock and ask every possible question without prejudging anything. Well, thank you so much for having me on. My my pleasure. Yes, and to answer your question, uh, to answer your question in regard to my work, which is called emotional liberation, um, I, I teach people how to heal themselves of difficult emotions and the trauma that underpins them. And in my work, I create a consistent therapeutic setting. I consider myself uh, an emotions therapist, and I'm also a clinician. I'm trained as a clinical nutritionist. Mm-hmm. And so I have that, that, that science perspective, Western science perspective, that always goes really well hand in hand with the, uh, the Eastern leanings uh, that I, I bring in. Yeah, that's, uh, that's in short. I could go on and on, but you let me know how you want to do it. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, you, you just actually said a tremendous amount. So can we unpack it and break it apart into digestible bits? Yeah, okay. absolutely. All right. So, so uh, um, for the benefit of the audience so that we can follow a progression, let's start with um, your education and background that leads you to do what you do. So actually, let's, mm-hmm. let's do one step first. Let's say yeah. specifically what you do, which is this therapy. Um, but how did you get to do this? What, what sort of specific mm. education do you get? What sort of credentials do you have? And um, that sort of thing. Spoken like a true lawyer. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, I have certifications. Uh, but let me say that the art of a healing modality transcends, you know, the way you have to color within the lines of of, of, of Western credentialing. Um, you know, in, in fact, I believe my experiences uh, as a former health editor and my own path of, of healing um, from self-limiting patterns and behaviors uh, really informs everything I do. Now, having said that, I did. Uh, uh, I, I emerged uh, from uh, from journalism um, as a uh, as as an editor. Actually, I was a, a television news reporter. I worked for National Public Radio for a while, and and then I went back to school because of a health issue in my family, and I wanted to find out more about it. And I pursued some holistic and alternative modalities that really worked well, but I knew having that that hardcore grounding as a as a uh, a reporter that i needed more than just oh yeah you know you do this and you do that so i really needed to go back and i looked at the landscape of holistic medicine and uh, and and realized that uh, that the the credential that was most honored by western medicine um, in the arena of nutrition is registered dietitian and nutritionist so i went i i fell off the uh the edge of the map and went back to school and and studied that in my late 30s and uh, uh, really uh, seriously pursued 
uh, following the thought leaders in the arena of alternative medicine and nutrition. And I think that that's where I really embraced uh, cannabis because, you know, when you talk about whole foods and plants, cannabis is very much so uh, a, a, a whole a whole plant and um, and, and, and gives rise uh, to the, uh, the, the alternative and holistic uh, healing. And so I had uh, put that in tandem with, um, I had been self-medicating uh, for extreme anxiety and self-doubt since college when I was turned on to cannabis. And I, I realized, I, I, I parsed it through to realize that I was better when I actually uh, self-medicated privately rather than in, in groups. You know how you used to pass a joint in, in college sure. and that sort of thing. Sure. Uh, that just uh, gave rise to my social anxiety. So I, I really, uh, all through my adult years, the decades, I self-managed, self-medicated with cannabis. And then when I moved into this work, um, I was still uh, self-medicating with little bits of cannabis when I was introduced to this uh, therapy called emotional liberation. Now, let's see, that was a big swath there. And are you able to follow from point A to point B or did I oh, jump oh, yeah. to my, point My head is exploding with more questions. So if I can make an observation first, A, I love the fact that you're tying in these plant medicines for their nutritional uh, perspective as well. Because people often don't make the connection that, yeah, we're talking about something that some regard as medicine, but it's also a, a food item and has nutritional value that impacts our physiology. Um, no different necessarily than other foods, except for maybe... If Let you food be your medicine, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So that, that resonates with me so nicely. And I love that you're specifically addressing and bridging that world because I think a lot of people ignore it, but it's very valid. Um, and we know since we, the discovery of the endocannabinoid system uh, that uh, I, I, with my clients, when I work more closely uh, with, with people, I always recommend as a supplement CBD, a high quality CBD oil to, uh, to, to, to uh, nourish um, and irrigate the endocannabinoid system because it really does relax the fight or flight uh, response and particularly in my emotional liberation work, when we do that, people are more spacious and responsive uh, to the work that we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and for the listeners at home who don't know what an endocannabinoid system is, um, it's a part of human physiology. We evolved as organisms that actually are designed to interact with these plant substances. We've got parts of our brains and parts of our nervous systems that look for these particular chemicals and react in particular ways. And many of them are good and beneficial. Is that fair? Well said. Thank That's you. Very fair. <laughs> I've been paying attention. Um, yeah, not bad for a lawyer. Uh, okay, cool. Um, the other thing you said that I, I thought was interesting was uh, that you were looking at different credentials and, and grading them and that you use that as your guide to uh, direct you towards uh, what you ultimately ac accomplished and acquired. Um, to that extent, I've been looking around. I'm not aware of any credentials out there yet that come from any recognized or major educational institutions that are directed specifically at psychedelics. Um, are you aware of any that, that are out there where people are acquiring that degree or, or paper? I have to plead ignorance on that. Um, I am 
um, I am a board member of the American Academy of Cannabinoid Medicine, but that is cannabis. Yeah. And there, of course, there's the Society of Cannabis Clinicians, of which I'm a member as well. Uh, but as far as psychedelics, um, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure there may be some emergent groups that are going that direction. It would be uh, only logical, right, and reasonable that that that, that would happen. Sure. Uh, the reason why I went the route of becoming a registered dietitian and nutritionist is because most every state uh, in the country uh, requires licensure of uh, practitioners, and um, and uh, they require for nutrition they require the RDN uh, registered dietitian nutritionist. And if you do any other any other uh, this sort of credentialing, um, it, it's it's seen as, and there's a lot of them out there, and they're well done, I might add. But as far as the eyes of the law and credentialing is concerned, um, they're uh, they're not acceptable. So that's why. Uh, so 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 having said that, the RDN uh, is really very conservative. It toes the line with conventional medicine. Um, so those of us who kind of color outside the lines around that, I kind of term it uh, enlightened dietitians, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Fascinating. Okay. So um, let's talk a bit about um, not specifically who your clients are, because that would be a breach, but um, the demographics who like demographically mm -hmm. speaking, who typically uh, seeks you out and also why? S so if I might, to just j digress for a moment, sure, sure, please. <clears throat> because this will be uh, this will really underscore uh, who my clients are. Yeah. So when we have a serious health issue and you know we're in pain and we want to get out of pain as soon as possible, uh, so we go to a doctor, or a chiropractor, or a clinical nutritionist, or some other practitioner to get to the bottom of it, and you know we want a diagnosis so that we know how to heal it. So your practitioner is asking you questions, might be doing some diagnostic testing using tools like that, and you come away with a treatment plan. Um, it might be surgery or some kind of adjustment, prescription meds or, or supplements. I say that because I'm a clinical nutritionist and I like supplements. Um, you know, and so, for example, uh, uh, recently I, I hurt my shoulder. And so I was adjusted and I was given therapeutic exercises to do and, and, and it all worked out and I, and I felt better. So we know what we need to do when we have some kind of physical challenge in our body, with our body. But uh, my area of specialty is emotions. And when it comes to emotions, and I'm talking about difficult emotions, so um, anxiety, uh, depression, anger, uh, self-doubt, uh, we go into boredom and, you know, uh, huge stress. How do we deal with these feelings that can have such a devastating impact on our lives? I mean, how do we deal with them? And I have to say that when it comes to difficult emotions, we are in the Neanderthal age compared to how modern medicine can fix our bodies. Wholly agree. And so how do, uh, yeah. And, and, and so how, I, how do we fix these feelings that we can't touch, that we can't operate on? Um, and we know that there's a lot of meds, prescription meds uh, that are that are handed out out there, uh, uh, opiates among them, SSRIs yeah. um, as well. Uh, 
Uh, but a lot of people don't like them. They say that, you know, it's, it's, it's numbing. And uh, even though I don't have the anxiety anymore, I don't have the joy or the, the light feeling. So, uh, you know, how, what, does this sound familiar? It's familiar. You know, you're going along and somebody out of left field says something or does something or you have an errant thought come up and you are triggered and off to the races and whatever comes up for you, again, the anxiety or the self-doubt or, you know, this emotional tsunami, uh, this emotional flooding rolls over you and you don't know what's going on. You just know that it feels awful and you want out now. And, you know, you're encountering this overwhelming situation and how quickly the emotions that erupt can erase the control that you thought you had, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And you, you feel like you have absolutely no control over the situation. And I view it as a different form of being injured or sick. It's our brain and our mind health. And it has just perplexed us forever. And as we know, I mean, we see this crisis in our society with, with people struggling with all of the depression, the anxiety, and the anger. You know, it's of epidemic proportions. We hear all sorts of, of, of statistics thrown out. But, you know, we have about 40 million American adults diagnosed with anxiety disorders, um, and, and, and I mean, those are the people who sought medical attention. Yeah. So, you know, although most of us manage to look fine, we all have an inner world that's often dark and difficult to navigate, um, some more than others. So that's where my work comes in. And this method is called emotional liberation. And it involves a number of tools uh, that embrace Eastern wisdom traditions, uh, and, and as I like to say, informed by Western science, because I like the science as a clinician, and we're embracing cannabis and microdosing psilocybin. And, you know, the tools, meditation, cannabis, microdosing psilocybin mushrooms, you know, what we know right now is it is it that these tools um, have a very positive effect on parts of the brain. And if I just for a moment digress and just talk about the, the default mode network or what we call it uh, the DMN, um, the default mode network uh, is it's a, parts of the brain and it's the culprit behind why when it's active, it can spin your brain around in loops where you're continuously thinking about negative events um, in the past or in the future. And when it comes to anxiety and depression and self-doubt and ruminating, it can really work overtime. And those runaway thoughts essentially hold your brain hostage and they reduce your ability to focus on achieving your goals and getting what you want in life. And uh, hey, you know, there's an evolutionary reason why we have this default mode network. It serves an important biological survival function, and that is to make us aware of danger in our environment. Sure. But it is way out of whack in you know, this busy, distracted culture that we live in, and we essentially become slaves to these runaway concerns. And so this is where the cannabis and microdosing psilocybin come in. We can amplify this process uh, that I use this emotional liberation method with the judicious use of both substances. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I have found that culturally, at least in the U S I can't speak for the rest of the planet, but I suspect I'm right on this. 
Um, we're just horrible about addressing anything regarding emotion. We we really kind of trivialize it. It's all down to like little Hallmark holiday card gestures. And if somebody's in emotional pain, I think we really discourage them from talking about it. Most people don't want to hear it. And I don't think we've got a good functioning public vocabulary where individuals can just have a normal conversation about this like anything else. Are, are you finding similar? Yeah, well, well said. And I think it's because of the stigma that um, <clears throat> mental health carries yeah. in this country. Um, I find even among my students and clients that uh, we're, we're, we're totally, we're totally um, separated from our emotions. We, we kind of lump them into this thing called stress or overwhelm or being stuck. Uh, when in fact, when you look at it more closely, it's a cocktail of, of, of emotions. And, uh, and for, for instance, uh, uh, stress is most often has some sort of fear associated with it. And yeah, um, uh, uh, you know, in the business world, entrepreneurs, um, you know, I've been, because uh, I'm, I, I do my work online, I, you know, I've, I've looked into and studied online marketing. I mean, you have to have online marketing, whether you're in law or you're in, in uh, emotions or mental health recovery or whatever that, you know, uh, yoga, whatever that might be. So you need to, you need to market. And, and I've seen that um, in that cohort of entrepreneurs, um, you know, they, they just, they don't want to talk about, I mean, you might be scared to death, you might be absolutely paralyzed with your business. Um, but they do not want to talk about um, uh, uh, anxiety or, you know, having some sort of uh, mood issue or mood disorder. There's, a, you know, there's another arresting term that uh, people are, are, are stopped cold by. Uh, they don't want to have to deal with that. So I've, I've uh, done my work with groups of uh, business people before. And, uh, and first of all, they, lo they loved it. Um, and secondly, um, they said, so my work is very active. It's, uh, it's a very active form of uh, practice of meditation, uh, very expressive with um, movement and sound and, of course, the breath work. And so many have said, you know, I have tried this. It's the most, you know, it's all, it's all the thing, the mindfulness meditation. And many, many countless people get uh, benefits from it. But to be able to sit down and shut up and go inward and watch our thoughts move through is very difficult for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Very difficult. So um, that's why I was attracted to this work to begin with, because I had... For decades, I had uh, uh, upturned a lot of stones looking for some sort of solution to my difficult emotions that were underpinned by trauma. No doubt about it. I had a rough childhood um, and I couldn't do it uh, because the pounding thoughts and the dissociation, I'd be, I'd be sitting, you know, I'd be sitting in a hall meditating and I'd be thinking about redecorating my living room. Um, so that didn't work. Yeah. Um, so that's why I, I lean toward this, uh, what we embrace in emotional liberation uh, method, which is this active form of meditation and then supported by cannabis or the microdosing of psilocybin. Yeah, I, I could see meditating over uh, wallpaper swatches not being very therapeutic. So I, 
I totally get that. Um, yeah. And I've had, you know, and I've had clients say, yeah, you know, I, I used to go through my, my to-do list in my mind while I'm sitting there. Like, uh, How do I occupy this time? Yeah, you, I'm not you, supposed to. Kind of miss the bullseye. Sorry. Um, yeah, but for me, I I started doing yoga and meditation about ten years ago, uh, coming from a very conservative background where these things didn't exist in my household. So I had to go self-educate on all of it. Completely cracked my egg. Um, Never expected any of this stuff to be viable, real, functional, or what it was purported to be. But my God, it has completely turned my life around. So much like you're describing your early life with all these anxieties that were holding you back, right here with you. Uh, totally get that. So I, I embrace these therapies. I, I think they can function well for people. Um, so with the, with the cannabis stuff, and, and you mentioned also the microdosing of psilocybin, uh, that, of course, piques my lawyer brain, uh, which is the conundrum that you um, can't be the party supplying that necessarily, uh, depending on the jurisdiction you live in. So um, I am assuming the solution there is you just let your clients and customers uh, attend to that themselves, and you're there as the therapist. Uh, right. I, I can't, I can't supply the substances. It's easy for people to get their hands on cannabis these days in yeah. most areas. And even my, even my students in, in, uh, you know, shady states, gray states, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, we all, we all had suppliers, um, you know, um, in the underground and that that continues now the legal substances it's great in those states i moved from, from denver i lived in denver for about five years um about uh i moved uh, back to florida two years ago so that's where i really got my practice alive um off the ground and that was wonderful because um i did offer um i I did offer um, cannabis uh, in that in that space, um, and uh, what I like is because the the practices are so strong um, that it's really about microdosing cannabis. When you're using it in an intentional way, you need far far less uh, than you would for maybe getting high and going out for a walk or something like that. And so I, I always uh, like to advocate, uh, like starting with a two-to-one CBD to THC or moving into a one-to-one CBD equal parts with THC uh, like that. So I always uh, uh, talk about that and I have how-to videos in regard to preparing uh, in our work um, in, the, in the masterclass courses. Uh, we meet uh, twice a week and uh, for 90 minutes each time. And on Saturday mornings, what we do is actually practice together. And we acknowledge, we acknowledge the plant for those who uh, like, to, like to do an edible or a tincture. They just time it beforehand so yeah. that we go into our practice and they're, uh, they're activated. Otherwise, we acknowledge uh, in, uh, in uh, combusting it or vaping it, um, inhaling it. And, um, and, and go from there. Now, as you have pointed out, uh, uh, psilocybin um, mi microdosing is a little trickier. Um, but if you 
uh, if you go to uh, Reddit, for instance, the, the micro dosing subreddit, there is more than 155,000 uh, uh, members of, of that forum. And, uh, and I've been following it for some time. I mean, let's face it, the, if, if something is in a gray area or, um, or, or a under, underground, um, where can you go? I mean, you can pull from the research that the clinics are doing, um, and that's not real full bodied, but, you know, on the ground where the rubber hits the road, uh, where do you got to go? You have to go to the commons and what's the commons? Well, they're forums on the internet yep. and yeah, you got to, you know, pick and choose and look through a, a lot of dreck perhaps, but you can usually, you can usually tell. And, and I usually, uh, send anybody who wants to know more about microdosing to the Reddit forums of microdosing. And then there's another one called psilocybin. And uh, there's just great intelligence there and sharing and obvious, uh, obvious deep knowledge of people who've been doing this for a while and growing it. Right. Sure. And, um, and so, um, that's 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 one way to get familiar with it. But yeah, every time I write or blog or vlog something in regard to this, there's always a comment. Well, where do I get it? Where do I get it? <laughs> and you know, you just you have to be um, you have to be curious, inquisitive. You have to look in places. You know, Instagram is a great source for sourcing. Sure. And uh, you just got to be careful. Now, I mean, you know, you know, as a lawyer, you know, this costs this much. Okay, I got to pay this. And particularly when you're doing it through the mail and not in person, you send the money and then they send the substance, maybe. And what is, you know, what's, and, and that's why I like microdosing, Gary, uh, psilocybin because it is it's organic it's natural it's you know unlike um unlike lsd or mdma where you're whipping it up in a in a lab and you know it's easy to slip and slide around around the formulas and add things and not add things and you know what i mean so i think that the the clear cut choice right now is um is things like um uh like psilocybin mushrooms or peyote um yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to- totally agree. I will say for the for the folks listening online, um, yeah, Reddit's got a ton of good forums. Um, there are other sources as well. There are a bunch of groups on Facebook that uh, variously discuss these topics. Um, there are websites like Arrowid, uh, Blue Light, mm-hmm. or, that also are, are good sources for these. But the caution also comes, as Becca's commented, that you know, these are social sites. So literally anybody can post and you do have to be your own curator. There's not a lot of good curation on any of these social sites. And as a result, you've really got to do your homework and and read extensively so that you can separate the reliable advice from the unreliable advice. And I've also found there's no shortage of people willing to offer an unsolicited opinion. (laughs) unfortunately. Uh, so just be careful with that too. Um, also, uh, just again, the lawyer in me, I do have to caution, you really shouldn't be sourcing your drugs online. And I certainly can never, ever encourage anybody to do that. Um, I realize it happens. I can't stop you, but, uh, you know, my malpractice carrier and my law partners would appreciate me telling you, don't do that. Um, I, I agree. I hope I didn't speak out of turn. <laughs> oh, no, no, not not at all. Not at all. This is just my paranoia leaking out. Uh, 
we, you know, I'm trained for that. Always, so. ha- always have to have the disclaimer. Always. Oh yeah. 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 And, and in my profession, mm-hmm. for sure, it's uh, dotted with disclaimers. Um, and in my profession, I have an ironclad waiver where things will never, ever happen. But that's what well, that's what uh, uh, waivers are all about. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that's an excellent but, point, too. As, mm-hmm. as two licensed professionals, this is this is worth uh, sharing with the audience. We do have limitations on what we can do. You know, I, as, as a lawyer, and this is true not just for me, but literally any licensed lawyer in the country, depending on the jurisdiction you're licensed in, at a minimum, there is a body of written ethics that we have to abide. So there's certain advisements I can never give, even if I know the answer. Uh, there's certain instructions I can never give, even if I know what they are. Um, which at times can be a frustration for clients, but I'll tell you in candor, I love having the ethics rules. They make my job Mm -hmm. easier, not harder, Mm -hmm. because they give me very clear, usually clear, parameters of what I can and can't do. And I can very comfortably point to a rule when I've got a client who's a little vexed that I'm not offering them what they want or can't offer them what they want. I can point to the rule and say, I apologize. It's not me. It's the body that regulates me. Um, I suspect it's the same No question. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I it, it works. I like it, 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 it creates integrity. Yeah. It's it, a it creates a standard path to follow. Yeah. A standard mm-hmm. that clients and customers can look at and rely upon that they know that they're getting at least the minimum of whatever that standard offers. Uh, with me, it's always much more than the minimum. I'll promise that. Um, but yeah, there's standards there to adhere to. Um, another thing I wanted to comment on too, you made a point of, uh, making a distinction between the natural stuff that grows out of the ground versus the stuff that comes out of a lab. And I was intrigued by that because I also make that distinction. And, uh, I was hoping to hear a little bit more about why you offer that distinction. Well, embedded in what I said, I think I alluded to it, that you can, with things that are whipped up in the lab, uh, you can play around with it, you can cut it. Um, You know, I I became, um, with MAPS Zendo Project, if you're familiar with the Zendo Project. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know you were affiliated yeah. with Zendo. Well, answer the question. Uh, well, let's I, talk I about uh, that too. yeah, Thanks. a few years ago, I got um, you know, I took the training uh, so that I could uh, go to the festivals and uh, be in the Zendo tent and receive people, uh, mostly millennials, uh, who usually are have encountered difficult trips, and then being able to walk them through. Uh, Have a question about psychedelics and the law? You're welcome to submit them. Please send your questions to admin at psychedelicalex.com. Submission of questions is not an assurance that they will be used on the show. Also, please be aware that neither the submission of a question nor a response creates an attorney-client privilege between you and the show's host, nor does an answer constitute legal advice. Information provided is for general purposes only. If you need legal counsel, you should hire competent counsel in your community.
Thank you.